a look at you. Oh, Kramer, don't start. No, no. You're wasting your life. I am not. What you call wasting, mm. I call living. I'm living my yeah, life. Well, okay. Like what? No, no, tell me. Do you have a job? No. You got money? No. Do you have a woman? No. Do you have any prospects? No. You got anything on the horizon? Uh... No. You have any action at all? No. You have any conceivable reason for even getting up in the morning? I like to get the daily news. George, it's time for us to grow up and be men. Not little boys. Why? Have you ever felt like asking that question? Why? Why do I have to grow up? Why is it time? Who said so? Uh, poor George. I mean, how many of you are Seinfeld fans? I, could, I was just thinking, I just need to go home and watch Seinfeld for the rest of the day, I think. But uh, poor George, he has no idea in the world why he's here, why he's put on the planet, uh, what life is all about, what, what his life is all about. Um, and he has no idea the assets he has. They might be meager. If you, if you watch Seinfeld, you know, George doesn't have a lot of assets, but he does have some assets. And, and it, it really leads to a pretty frustrating and um, depressed approach to life, don't you think, when we don't have any idea why we're here or, or the assets that we actually have. And there, there's a passage of Scripture in the book of Acts that illustrates what it's like to live with an understanding of who we are in Christ and of the assets that we have through Jesus. It shows us not only what it's like, but it shows us really the confidence that we can have and, and the power and joy that we can experience in life when we really do come into some understanding of these things. So we're going to read uh, just this short few verses from Acts chapter 3. And uh, it's about Peter and John. They are both apostles. We're going to talk a little bit about that in a moment. But uh, they are on their way to the temple to pray. That's at this point in time uh, where Christians met were in homes. And then they would periodically go to the temple. And they had different sections of the temple that they would gather in. And so there might be a dozen uh, house churches that would all agree that they would gather on Solomon's porch, which was one section of the of the temple, and they'd all be there at three o'clock to worship and pray together. And so uh, Peter and John are on their way to the temple, and it says this. It says, one day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. And what they encounter on their way is a man that is sitting, He's, his friends have put him there, uh, in this ideal spot to beg because he's lame. He can't walk. He has no ability to support himself. And so he's a beggar. And as he goes past Peter, as Peter and John go past him, you know, he's calling out for, uh, for them to give him something. And here's Peter's answer to this man. Listen to this. Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. 
It goes on to say this guy followed them, uh, followed them to the prayer meeting, and he's jumping and leaping and praising God and worshiping God the whole way. But the first thing I want to point out here is this. Peter knew what he didn't have. He understood what he didn't have. And he said, silver and gold don't have any of that to give to you. Now, I can't imagine Peter didn't have a copper coin somewhere in his pocket or have access to that. But, but in the ultimate sense, Peter was recognizing here that in the natural human sense, he had nothing really to offer this man. In his own human ability, in, in human terms, he had nothing to offer that would really meet the needs of this man's heart. And so when he says silver and gold, I don't have. I don't have any. Now, if you do have silver and gold, that's not a bad thing, okay? And if you have silver and gold and you're passing someone who is incapable of supporting themselves, it's not a bad thing to, to share some of that with them. That's a good thing to do. But like Peter, we have to recognize that ultimately doesn't meet the real needs of their heart or the real needs of their life. And I think what Peter really, you know, as we expand this thought, uh, what he's recognizing is that in his human wisdom, in his human strength, whether we're talking about money or whether we're talking about advice or something else that Peter might be able to do for this guy, humanly speaking, he's recognizing that he doesn't have the resources to do anything that will really, truly meet the man's need. Now, Peter was not always like this. He wasn't always so willing to admit that he couldn't do something. I mean, Peter was the guy in the story that was always forcing his way to the front. He was the guy that was always uh, speaking and, and, and boasting and, and stepping into things that he couldn't handle. That, that was his, that, that was his uh, mode of operation. But something had happened in Peter's life. A couple things have happened in Peter's life, in fact. But the first thing happened the night Jesus was betrayed, the night before he was crucified. What happened that night as Jesus gathered his 12 apostles together around the dinner table and Jesus is, is sharing with them and, and, he said, and he's telling them how, with what passion he's desired to have this last meal with them. And then he comes to this point in, in his talk to them that he says, one of you will betray me. And he says, all of you are going to desert me. All of you are going to abandon me. Now remember, this is the guy they have followed for three years. They've seen him raise the dead. They've seen him give teachings that just blew people's minds. They've seen him do phenomenal things. They're, they've become convinced he is the son of God. He is the Messiah. Nevertheless, when he tells them this, Peter stands up out of the group and he says, in this bold human boast of human strength, he says, everyone might abandon you. I never will. And so Jesus comes back at him and says, Peter, Peter, tonight, listen, before sun rises, before the sun rises, you're going to deny me. You're going to deny that you even knew me three times. And you would think then Peter might say, well, okay, I'll be careful. I'll watch out for that. But even then, Peter, no. Peter is never, I will never deny you. And so that boast, that just, just my resources, my decision, my will, I can do it. And, and Peter found out that night that his resources weren't adequate. 
As that night went on, Peter was challenged three different times publicly about his relationship with Jesus. And all three times, he denied that he even knew Jesus. And on the third time, it was just as dawn was breaking. And by this time, Peter is... He's, he's exhausted, he's angry, he's confused, he's ashamed. And he's this last time, you're one of his disciples too, aren't you? And Peter cursed and just screamed out the words, I never knew him, I don't know the man. And exact, exactly at that moment, Jesus was being led out of the high priest's home. They were taking him from the high priest's to see Pilate. And just as Jesus is coming out of the doorway, Peter's in that courtyard and he's screaming the words, I don't know him. And at that moment, it says Jesus looked at Peter and their eyes met and Peter was crushed inside. His, he, he recognized in that moment you know, what, what, what a, a braggadocious, what self-willed, what, how, how self-reliance, how all of that fails us. And it says that Peter went out and wept bitterly. So he learned the hard way, this lesson, silver and gold I don't have. If you're looking for some human resource right now, if you're looking for some human wisdom, if you're looking for something for me to do for you humanly, a job, whatever. And those aren't bad things to do now. Don't get me wrong. But if that's what you're looking for, uh, I'm, I, you know, I, I don't have that because that's not going to meet your need. It's not going to meet the deep need of your heart. And so Peter recognizes that now and he comes to recognize that. But another thing had happened that changed Peter also. And that was that um, after Jesus died on the cross, after he rose from the dead, he, he spent 40 days with his apostles often on spending time with them, teaching them more, letting them understand deeper things about the kingdom. But he had told them, wait in Jerusalem. The Holy Spirit's going to come. And when he comes, everything will change. And so Peter was part of that group that waited in Jerusalem. He was part of that group that stayed in that upper room praying and just waiting for the Holy Spirit to come. And what happened on that day that we call it the day of Pentecost, if you want to read about it, it's in the book of Acts in the New Testament, chapter 4. And what happened was, chapter 2, what happened was God God just broke heaven open. He, He just ripped heaven open and he allowed heaven to pour down out on these disciples of Jesus. And the Holy Spirit flowed out of heaven into that room and filled each and every one of the believers there. Now at that moment, that was the fulfillment of Old Testament promise. God had told them in the Old Testament that they had hearts of stone. We are born with hearts of stone. So we're born fallen. We're born into a world with a fallen nature. And God told them in the Old Testament, he promised, I'm going to take out that heart of stone and I'm going to put into you a living heart. I'm going to put into you a kingdom heart. In effect, he said, I'm going to put into you a Jesus heart. And the day of Pentecost was the fulfillment of that. And so the man that's talking to this lame man as he's going to the temple, he doesn't even have the same heart he did when, when he denied Jesus that night. He doesn't, he's not even the same man. Now listen, when, when you hear the word heart throughout the Bible and you hear the word mind, 
I want you to understand there's a lot of overlap. Heart doesn't mean just like, you know, like the physical heart. It doesn't mean simply the emotions. Heart refers to the, the deepest part of you. The stuff you really believe. The stuff you really understand about who God is. Mind and heart in Bible aren't identical, but they have like 80% overlap. And so in the Old Testament, when God said, I'm going to take out that heart of stone and I'm going to give you a new heart, he was talking about the heart, the inner person, the inner man, the inner woman, the mind, the heart and the mind, that inner person. And so Peter here, he has received this now. He, he, because he was there on Pentecost and the Holy Spirit came, he's received this new heart, this new mind. And as this man now who has a new mind, he, ha- he now has a heart like Jesus, a mind like Jesus. And that means he's able now to tap in to an understanding of heaven's resources, of the kingdom of God. And he now understands it's not his resources. That's why he says silver and gold. Yeah. <laughs> I have something far better for you than that. Even if I had silver and gold, I have something far better for you than that. Because now he understands Jesus' ways. You see, um, there was a man named Nicodemus that came to Jesus one night and, in effect, was asking Jesus, how do we get in on this? This was before the Holy Spirit had been given. And so Jesus is giving some teaching now that is predicting what's going to happen. But Nicodemus came to Jesus and and he says, we see you do all this stuff and we hear you this teaching and we know no one can do these things without God being with him. And so what's up with that? And Jesus answers the real question in Nicodemus's heart, which was, how do I get in on this? And Jesus says to him, if you want to get in on this, you have to be born again. You have to have a new birth. You see, that's what the Old Testament was talking about in that promise. I'll take out your heart of stone. and I'll give you a, a new heart. I'll take that, that inner person that is fallen and I'm going to put that away. And I'm going to give you a new heart and a new mind. That's what Jesus was saying. Reborn. We have to have reborn. We have to be reborn people. Reborn minds. Reborn hearts. And when we do... Then we can see the kingdom of God. That's what Jesus said in John 3. Without that rebirth, we can't even see the kingdom of God. We can't perceive it. We can't understand it. And we certainly can't be impacted by it. Not in the truest sense of me becoming more like Jesus. And so when I get this new heart, this new mind, that is a kingdom mind, it's a Jesus heart, a Jesus mind, then I can, I can see the things of Jesus. I can see the kingdom And those truths can come into me and they can become a part of me. With my old heart, before I was reborn, my heart was stone. That truth, I might see it. I might, yeah, okay, that that looks maybe kind of true, maybe not kind of true. But my heart was stone. It couldn't penetrate. But now with this new heart, this new mind, kingdom truth can penetrate. and, and, And that's really, in effect, what spiritual growth is, okay? You know, that's what spiritual growth is. And so it's, uh, listen to this, it's not so much about me changing once I've accepted Christ and I've been born again. I, I, I mean, I know we can use the word, well, I need to change in this area. I need to change and become more loving or whatever. I know we can say that, but, but it's, it's really not about changing in the absolute sense of the word. 
I've already been changed. I changed when Jesus came into my life, when he gave me a new heart and a new mind. I changed then. Now it's all about that new heart, that new mind, that Jesus life, that Jesus heart and mind inside of me growing. It's just about me maturing more and more into that new heart and that new mind that he's given me. And allowing his truth to flow into my life and taking steps of, of obedience. And that's why the Bible says in uh, 2 Corinthians 5.17, If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed, and behold, the new has come. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that awesome? I mean, if, if, if you have you accepted Jesus? If you have, then you have a new heart and a new mind. It's new. It's just, just like a baby is born with a new heart and a new mind. Now, granted, the illustration breaks because it's a fallen heart and mind, but it, they're born with a new heart and mind, never experienced life. And they come into this life and they experience life and they absorb things into their heart and mind that are consistent with being a fallen person in a fallen world. In the same way, when we are reborn into the kingdom of God, this new heart and this new mind, I just, I, I'm going to absorb God's truth. And it's going to come into me and it's going to find a place in me. And as I walk it out, I, I just simply mature in this new relationship that I have with him. Now, um, we have a special uh, guest today. Uh, that we're going to have up front. He's here every weekend. But uh, Zach Eddington, uh, I've asked to come and share uh, some of his story with. It's just to kind of illustrate this whole truth of being born again and becoming a new person and, and having a new heart. Zach, would you come on up and everyone welcome Zach, okay? How's everyone doing this morning? Good. <laughs> Hey, it's awesome to have you here, Zach. Thank you very much. Uh, so this is the third time we've done this. Yeah, so it should be pretty easy this time. Yeah, yeah. yeah I yeah. think so. <laughs> oh, you've done great every time. But um, thank you. It's good to have you here. How, how long have you been coming here, Zach? How long you've been um, coming here for a while? I've been coming to the vineyard probably about, I'd say about five months, five, five months. or six months. I would come every so often, very randomly, with my parents when I didn't really believe. But mm. now I've been coming pretty much every service for yeah. six months. I remember the first night I met you at our house. When we Sometimes Lori and I get home before everyone's left. And I just remember meeting Zach. And for some reason I thought, I need to remember this guy's name. So I did one of those little things you do where you try to attach it. I can't remember what I attached your name to. But I remembered your name the next week. I think you said Jack. <laughs> I said Jack. I, I did. Yeah, I <laughs> Maybe that was it. Hey, Zach, take us back into your life. And um, tell us, like, like what was happening in your life before you came to know Christ? Um, well, <clears throat> I grew up in the church, and uh, I would go to the services and everything. And uh, I always hated it because it's very boring to me, and I never really had a relationship He didn't God. come here. Okay. I didn't come yeah. here. Yeah. yeah, I didn't come to the vineyard. But, uh, yeah, it always seemed like something that I had to I had to go to, and um, so, but, you know, I would pray and everything, and then, uh, and then, you know, I was always a good kid, I always, you know, I mean, of course, you know, I'd break the rules a little bit, but I was always with my mom, I spent time with my family, I was like a good person, you know, and, um, 
And, yeah, I was never really, like, that bad of a kid. And uh, when I got into high school, you know, I, like, started drinking just to experience, you know, just to experiment, I guess. And uh, that wasn't a problem. I never got, like, drunk or anything, really, I, occasionally. And, um, and then sophomore year of high school, I started smoking weed. And, like, I fell in love with it at the time because my heart was so empty that I needed to, like, you know, I needed, I just felt like I needed to numb things. And that was how I dealt with that. And um, that ended up, I ended up smoking weed for about five years straight after that. And that's mm -hmm. when I kind of fell out of believing in God. Mm -hmm. I, would, um, I would smoke weed and yeah. I would look out at space and I'd just be like, no, there's no way. that There's one God that made me. That doesn't make sense. So I was really big into science and everything. And I, mm -hmm. I would, you know, use intelligence to like debate against it. And I was pretty mm -hmm. much atheist, agnostic for about five or six years or so. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, what kind of, what 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 started to shift that? I mean, how did you shift from one? Well, what ended up happening was, you know, so I tried weed and I drank, and then I eventually, at the end of high school, I tried pretty much every drug that that there was, and um, except for one. And then when I graduated high school, I ended up trying heroin, mm -hmm. and. Um, and that drug completely took control of my life. I was without God when I tried it, and it completely consumed my life. I was always someone that I seemed like I had, like I felt like I had a strong will. I would look at my friends who smoked cigarettes and yeah. say, you, you guys are stupid, you know. And then I ended up getting addicted to heroin for about three and a half to four years of my life. And um, everything just went into the ground. Like it was already destined to happen. Like, but when I did that, it was it was over. Mm -hmm. I was I was stealing from my friends. I was setting up fake drug deals and robbing my best friends. I was stealing money out of my mom's purse. I was lying. I pawned everything I owned. I and then when I would try to quit doing drugs, I would I would just binge drink. I drank an entire bottle of alcohol. I ended up totaling two cars and somehow didn't die and um in november of 2012 i actually yeah. ended up yeah. overdosing yeah. on heroin yeah. yeah zach that's um that was a pretty low point for you it sounds like and but but also a time that, that impacted you somehow yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, no yeah that was that was because I had been in and out of rehabs, and I would be fine for a while, and then I'd just mess up, and I, I was still empty. And one day in November, I ended up overdosing in my car. I skipped uh, Cincinnati, or University of Cincinnati, and I, was, um, I, just, I ended up doing heroin. And a woman saw me in my car, and I was purple, and the spoon and the needle were right there, and she called 911. And I just remember being like, you know, she like shocked like back to life by the paramedics and I just couldn't believe like what had happened and I'm getting put in the ambulance and I just see this woman and she's just hysterically crying and makeup's like running down her face and she's looking at me just I mean like complete like if you saw your your, your child die and she's looking at me like that and I just looked at her and that just like I, I couldn't understand that love that she had for me, you know, and then I just thought of my mom and I thought of my dad and my family and that totally melted my heart. Mm -hmm. And at that point, you know, I always wanted to change. Like no one wakes up and says, I want to be a drug addict. Um, mm -hmm. But at that point I started, that's when I got into NA. Yeah. Tell us about that. You yeah. Can. I started going there and I, at this point I still didn't believe in God, but in NA you have to 
So I was like, <laughs> I was like, okay, uh, well, how can I fit this into my beliefs? I was like, I guess there's something because like I'm something, so I believe in me. And like I tried to do that, that didn't really work. But uh, that's where I was like, okay, I was like, okay, like I guess there is a there's a God, and I started believing in that. And then uh, I ended up relapsing again and everything. But um, it was because I never believed in Christ that I never got through to God really, mm. and. Um, mm. And the way that I got through to Christ was, um, I was, this was literally last year and I was working at Cheddar's and I was working there with, uh, Lonnie Kai, who's here today. Want to stand up and say hi, Lonnie? Yeah. Say hi, Lonnie. <laughs> it's one of my best friends. And, um, we were the most insane messed up people that ever walked into Cheddar's. Like any, like anyone that worked there, like would tell new people and be like, yeah, don't even talk to them. They're crazy. And so, and I'll see people from Cheddar's and they're like, who is that? Like, you know, but, um, yeah. So Lonnie ends up having this crazy experience with God and, um, and he's crying out to God, asking him to sh- just show him that he's real and he'll follow him. And God did. And the next day Lonnie called me and he's like, dude, this is going to sound really weird. I know you're atheist, but would you want to go to church? And I'm just like on heroin, like, yeah, I need to go to church. Like, <laughs> so, so, uh, so we ended up going to the vineyard Tri County, and the first message there ended up completely hitting both of our hearts, and we just realized, like, dude, who set this up? Who knew we were coming? Like, this is totally for us. And God's just like, hello, like, and. Uh, and so we were totally just rocked by that. And we both really got into God and into yeah. our faith and everything. And um, uh, Lonnie and I kind of separated a, a couple months after that. I, I relapsed for the last time. And Lonnie kind of had like this resentment against me because he thought we were doing this together. And, um, and you know, I still had to go discover myself, like, I guess. So by relapse, and you mean you're back into heroin back and into the whole heroin thing. Yeah. for one last yeah. time. And, um and I, and at that time, like, I kind of believed in scripture. Like, I just thought that scripture was written so that, you know, because we're stupid. And I thought that it was like, hey, don't kill people. Don't steal from people. Don't, like, cheat on your wife. Like, it's like, okay, well, I got an instruction manual, so I'm good. But um, I realized that, that that's not the case. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so I finally, like, when that message hit me, I started realizing, wow, like, this really... This really is true. Mm-hmm. And, and then Christ just completely like, all it took was like my heart to be open a little bit. Like maybe he is real. And he's like, I am. And just like ripped out my heart. <laughs> it's crazy. It's nice. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. But yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, so then I came to a church service uh, here at the vineyard. It was the first house group celebration. And Lonnie had been going to house group, but not telling me about it because I was on <laughs> drugs. And he's like, I don't want to bring him and be like, yeah, I brought this drug addict. Like, um, because, you know, and he's just worried, you know. And uh, so I end up coming here and getting rocked by the message. And this went pretty much when I gave my life to Christ. And, and uh, I just started going to, I, I heard about house group. And then I met uh, one of my best friends here who... Um, is like my best friend in Christ. And, uh, we ended up going to house group. So I show up to house group saved and Lonnie's there saved. And he's just like, dude, you're, Jesus saved you. I'm like, yeah, dude. So, awesome. <laughs> so, so yeah, cool. it's totally awesome. But, uh, That's awesome. yeah, Christ is just doing crazy things in my life. Now. Yeah. And it's all because of how I was viewing it before. Like I thought like, 
the biggest thing I can say is that like the Bible isn't scripture is not something that you read to get mm-hmm. into heaven, but I read scripture to get heaven inside of me. Mm-hmm. So that that's I awesome. Carry that that's so great. Yeah. yeah. That's so cool. That's it's good, Zach. It's good, man. It's good. So um, what's been happening lately? I mean, how, how many months ago was this? Tell us. Like four. Four months ago. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so. like, like four to six. Like, yeah. like it was May when I started coming to house group. And yeah. I don't – it's hard for me to tell us because, like, I don't really know what happened. But all of a sudden, my life was revolved around meaningless things. And then all of a sudden, like, I realized that's meaningless. And then I started living for, mm-hmm. for Christ. And mm-hmm. now, like, I used to sell – hate to people and now i just want to give people love like from christ and and so like okay last night last night i'm just out of dave and busters uh Mm -hmm. with a bunch of people from house group and i'm just walking around and like i'm not like out there like trying to sell people things you know i'm just walking and i just see someone like i got a prophetic word for someone and i just told them and we started talking and Mm -hmm. i prayed for him and then i said to lonnie i was like dude he's like what's up and i was like i really feel like god wanted me to like lead that person to Christ right now because they're like halfway atheist, halfway maybe. And uh, he's like, dude, go in there. He's like, he's walking away. <laughs> I was like, should I? And he's just like, go, bro. And I was like, okay. So I run after him. And I ended up just saying like, dude, like, and I just told him how much God really loves him. That's the only reason you're here. And, uh, yeah. and, he's, and it just made sense. And he, he thought, like I used to think about like science and Darwinism and all the apologetics. Yeah. And I was like, dude, but it really only makes sense that we're here out of love. Yeah. And that totally broke down like the walls of his heart. And mm-hmm. I just asked him like, dude. Christ really wants your heart right now. And I just, I told, I told him the open hands, open heart thing. And he, before I could even say, he just puts out his hands like, I'm so ready. And, uh, <laughs> and I just let him in the prayer. And That's so awesome. Yeah. yeah it's crazy. That's cool, man. Yeah, it's nuts. Yeah. So that guy, guy accepted Christ right there. Yeah, right there. And if I could see myself doing that six months ago, I would think I was brainwashed. <laughs> but, and I realize like I'm heartwashed. That's you know? right. Like, that's right. You know? That's right. And yeah. It's just yeah. Because I saw one of my friends pray for a stranger in house group, and I didn't even know. And I was like, "What are you doing? Are you praying for a stranger?" It's like it's so weird. And and now that's just like something we all do. We have like group texts, like, "Hey, prayed for seven people." Like, you know, it's just and it's just you just want to give that yeah. to people. Like I just because I was the most depressed person I had ever known. Like every day I woke up and I just thought, like, I I just want to kill myself. And the only reason I didn't is because my mom who's here today, and I knew that I couldn't do that. And, and now I just want, it's just, you don't have to live in that. You just, my life is just rich in love and it's, it's crazy. Like it's truly a new creation. Yeah. And to touch on what you said on, uh, Corinthians Mm 517 is, or second Corinthians. It was, um, like I, I, I did, like I tried, I tried, I smoked weed one time after I got saved and I hated it. And, like, I used to love it so much. And I was like, oh, this makes me think so smart. And, uh, <laughs> and, and all I could think about was Jesus. And all I could think about was that God created me. And I was like, and that just, like, just, yeah. like, shows that it's truly a new creation. Like, that's not me anymore. That's not what I want in my life anymore. I don't, like, 
it's just, it's, it's dead. It literally yeah. died. Like yeah. he robbed me from my addiction. And yeah. like, I'll tell people in NA, like, I don't really go to meetings anymore. Like I, I just personally don't. And they're like, that's not good. I'm like, dude, like I don't even consider myself a recovering addict. I mm-hmm. consider myself a saved addict. Yeah, that's good. Right, so. That's good. You're it's, a new creator. That's so awesome. Man. That's it's awesome, crazy. man. That's so awesome. Hey, where is mom over here? She's right there. Oh, okay, do you mind standing so we can just say hi crowd. to you? Hi, mom. How are you? Mm. Hey, Zach, it's just an absolute joy to hear you share your story here. And uh, you can sense that from everybody here. Uh, We love you, and uh, we're going to pray for you right now, okay? So anybody want to come up and join praying for Zach, come on up. Zach, why don't you walk down there where they can get at you. Thank um, you. Oh, gosh. Yeah, if you want to stand up and kind of, if you you want to, you can raise your hand out. But uh, uh, just going to bless Zach. Father God, thank you so much. Thank you for your love for us as fallen human beings. You bring us into the life of Jesus. You take that fallen heart out and you give us new hearts and new minds. And thank you for doing that in Zach's life, Lord. Thank you. Uh, no, it wasn't logic, was it, Zach, or, or arguments for creation or anything. It was the presence of God. Not that arguments for creation are bad, but uh, it's the presence of God, the Holy Spirit. Just bless Zach. Fill him. Use him to lead thousands of people to faith in Christ. Just create a network of relationships and influences that someday uh, Zach will look back on and just wonder at what you've done. Bless him, Lord. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Man, awesome, awesome. Yeah, cool, wasn't it? And thank you for mom, Lord, and her patience over the years. Thank you. And dad, too, yeah. Your mom and dad. All right. Um, oh, hey, one more thing. Zach's discipling somebody else right now. So, yeah, right here. Chris, stand up, Chris. All right, so. Yeah. All right, we're going to uh, worship now. We have a lot to worship about, don't you think? I mean, this, this ought to be a real celebration. And uh, we're going to receive communion. That's going to be part of the worship in the first song. Um, and what communion is, is this tangible way to worship that Jesus gave to us. Uh, that it, he, he gave bread and he said, this bread represents my body, which is given for you. And he took a cup of wine and he said, this represents my blood, which is shed for you. And so when, the way we do this is you, you take the little cracker, that, and when you pick that up, what you're really saying is, I have a Savior, God's Son, who became a real human being. He had a real human body. He was human. And, and, I, and He gave Himself for me, and we dip it in the juice, and we're saying, this, this Savior of mine shed His blood for me. So I could be forgiven, so that heart of stone could be taken out of me, and I could receive a new heart, a Jesus heart, and a Jesus mind, just like Zach just shared with us about. And so, if you're here and you've accepted Christ as your Savior, just please participate in this. Uh, If you've never accepted Christ, I think this would be a pretty cool way just to say, I'm going to follow Jesus. 
And, and right now, th- this is my statement that I'm opening my heart to Jesus. Jesus, come into my life. Give me that new heart. Forgive me and give me a new heart and a new mind and, and make me a new person just like you did in Zach's life. And so uh, those that are going to serve are going to come to their positions here in a moment. Um, let's all stand. I'm just going to say a short prayer. And then when they're in position, you're welcome to come and, and participate in this. There'll be some in the back as well as in the front. And after we're finished with communion, then anybody that wants to come down front and worship, just make your way down here. Okay, you're welcome. Uh, so, Father God, thank you that uh, you've, you've given us new life through your son, Jesus. Uh, thank you, Father, that when we, as, as the human race, turned away from you, you didn't turn away from us. Uh, Jesus, you came into this world. Uh, you, you lived, you died. You give us new life now through your resurrected life. Thank you for that. And we celebrate you and worship you now. Worship you, Lord, in Jesus' name. All right, that's awesome, isn't it? Worshiping God. We are worshiping the Creator God. Isn't that awesome? That's incredible. That's incredible. Uh, we, we always end with prayer, and so I, we're going to have prayer teams up here at the front that um, uh, we've given training to, and, and they're, they're not going to ask you for your life story, but they will hear, hear what you need prayer for. Uh, probably ask to put their hand on your shoulder and uh, pray for God's presence to come and just touch you. And we have that expectation that God is here and he, and he wants to touch our lives in an individual way. And so uh, I you know, think obviously anyone struggling with addictions, this is a day to get freedom. Amen. You hear a story like this, there's power in the story. Uh, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And when we hear testimonies of Jesus' work, that releases prophetic stuff. And prophetic stuff is freedom. It breaks stuff off of us and it gives us freedom. And so uh, anyone who's accepted Christ today, come down and get prayer and just tell us. Uh, I think it was significant that uh, Zach's doubts about God were not settled by a debate, but by the presence of God. And so if you have, yeah, isn't that good? Yeah. If you're here and you just have doubts, uh, let, us ju- let us just say a simple prayer for you. And, and when God touches you, then a lot of the arguments just kind of like fall by the wayside. So, um, and, and also just a sense, uh, Wilson had a sense of the Father's heart here today. And that, that, that means goodness. That means a smile on his face. That means God wants to impart to people purpose because we gain our purpose from our fathers and and God the Father wants to give us purpose. Uh, Anyone that's struggling with insecurity and doubt and self-recrimination, God wants to free you from that. That's what the Father does. He frees us. Inadequacy, uh, things like that. The Father wants to just wants to bless and release just such good things to us today. So I'm going to say a simple prayer and then you can make your way up here and get prayer from one of these prayer team members. Okay. I mean, if I were you, I'd be headed up here right now. And, uh, that's, that's, so that's just me. But, um, father God, thank you. Thank you for your heart. Thank you for your incredible love for us. And thank you that you are good. Thank you that you're good. Thank you that you smile at us. Thank you that Jesus, that you died for us, that we are completely forgiven new hearts, new minds, and you're standing right there with us. You love us. 
And we, we just want to love you back. We want to love you and worship you back. So I pray, Holy Spirit, just for a, a sense of your presence for every person here throughout this week. Just give us reminders of your presence throughout the week. Let us experience your joy and your love and your goodness. Let us share it with others, Lord, everywhere we go. In Jesus' name, amen.